powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined by a very special guest, uh, one of the industry leaders, uh, Bob Gower, uh, COO of Traver Connect. Bob, thanks for being a part of Fixed Ops 5. Well, Corey, thanks for the invite. This is really special. I think we'll have a little bit of fun today. It'll be a little knowledge exchange and we'll have a good time. I'm really looking forward to the knowledge you give out. I've heard some of your talks. I've read a lot of the stuff that you've written, and I've been a big fan of yours for quite a long time. So it is certainly honored to, to be sharing this, this episode with you. Um, but before we dive into this episode, which we're going to talk about telematics, right? right? Tell the audience what got you to this point in your life. And what I mean by that is tell us a brief history of where you, how you got here. You know, like a lot of people, you know, I got in this business by accident, really. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anybody goes to school and says that they're going to be in the car business, you know. So what normally happens, like anything else, is once when you get a taste of the uh, environment, you get a taste of the dynamics, it's exciting. And the money, you know, you're like, wow, it's a really, really good kept secret, you know. <laughs> so at the end of the day, once when you get in, you're always looking in the mirror every morning. You know, I got in in 1980. I worked a little bit in the service lane, you know, to relieve the riders when they were on vacation, but basically came up through sales, worked my way up in a Toyota store with the Rorick Automotive Group back in Pittsburgh. Okay. And um, really well-known store. Uh, they've got a hundred, they got a first wave Cadillac store, <laughs> a couple first wave Lexus stores. So they've always been a leading edge on trying to find the right franchises. And I was fortunate enough to go to work for them in the Toyota store. So I started at the very bottom. And, um, you know, every, every year I'd wake up, look in the mirror and say, you really need to get a real job. <laughs> and, you know, 16 years later, I'm the GM running the store. And I think that's um, kind of how most people in automotive get, uh, that's their progression path. Right. Um, and I loved it. <clears throat> it teaches you more than any school would ever teach you about negotiating, communication, just day-to-day -day, uh, drive. I mean, I think it's a great industry. Very dynamic. So oh, after great. that, um, so I met John Traver back in those days when I was GM of the Toyota store and brought him on board to put a BDC in our store, which was relatively new back in the 90s. So John trademarked the word BDC and the acronym BDM uh, back in the 90s. Um, I was a customer for three years. I saw the value of the industry that comes sometimes is a little stubborn to change. But I saw that driving appointments was really a dynamic change in the business. You know, if you could walk in in the morning, have enough appointments in the service lane and enough appointments in the sales department to make your month before you even started taking fresh business. I mean, that to me, what he was innovative in that area. And I went to work for him in 1995, uh, worked with him to 2000. Um, the business was bought by ADP. Okay. And we worked for ADP uh, over the next 20 some years. So, you know, I became vice president, general manager of consulting at ADP, then CDK. Um, and John's really an entrepreneur. So he struck back out to do something along the lines of BPO for service. Um, and so he opened up a center in Dallas. And um, lo and behold, we're connected again today. We're like old dogs, you know, <laughs> if you ever saw the movie. 
We're like old dogs. I don't know if he's Travolta and I'm Robin Williams or vice versa. <laughs> You're more of a Travolta I, guy, I think. <laughs> all I can tell you is we've been together for 30 years, you know, and through that period of time, that little acronym BDC, you know, we were able to write a deal with General Motors in 2013, wow. which actually in 15 turned into a global standard for GM. So I had an opportunity to have teams in uh, both Middle East and China. I mean, just crazy. Canada, wow. Mexico. I mean, if you took a little acronym like BDC in 1990, you never thought it would become a global standard. That's how crazy and dynamic this business is. But one thing I learned is that good processes and appointment-based programs work in any culture, in any language, just mm -hmm. so you know. So, you know, if it's principally sound, it works, you need to do it. So, you know, I know today we want to talk about telematics. And, you know, to me, as you look at industries, there are certain milestones in industries that you look at. What is the next change and how is it going to change our business? Is it big enough to change an industry? You know, and um, I think the topic you asked me to talk about today, telematics, is right there. Because, you know, we answer phones. We do a million live transactions through our call centers, helping stores handle service appointments and doing outbound calls. Uh, and we do millions of transactions in those dollars as, as a you know result of that. So we get to see firsthand what those trends are looking like in some of the better stores. You know, who's doing things that not because of COVID, but they were already doing it five years before COVID, right? Uh, okay, okay. So now you look at, you know, um, so I'll let you kind of take over the conversation. Where would you like to take this? Well, I, great introduction and, and, and your history and the things that you've done for our industry uh, really speak for itself. And I want to thank you from, you know, a, a car loving person. Uh, thank you for all the stuff that you've done for this industry. Uh, I really appreciate it. So let's just really dive into the topic at hand. How is telemarket? telematics really revolutionizing the auto industry? Well, if you take a look at telematics, you know, um, companies like General Motors kind of like have a head start. You know, when they started OnStar, which is probably two decades ago now, yeah. um, you know, everybody thought, why would I want a blue button in the top of my car to call somebody, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the whole idea behind it is to collect the data from the car, to connect the car to the dealer, to connect the car to the OEM. You know, and it sounded kind of far-fetched back in those days. Now today you're seeing every OEM have some form of telematics and they're pushing really hard. So, you know, if you go to the big major uh, domestic stores today, for example, you've got um, still GM today pushing really hard on enrolling customers into OnStar. Right. And the reason is they want the telematics, even if the even if it's free 90 days or whatever it is to get them enrolled to start is the kicker. That's the real key. Right. You want to be able to have the car talk to us. Ford's doing it today really aggressively with Ford Pass. So every OEM you look at, each of them have their own little niche in that market. And some of them are further ahead than others. But the one thing that's in common is I would say the biggest reason for why I do it. The biggest reason is I trust my car. You know, if my car tells me I'm at 12% oil life, I need to take and I need to react to that. And I think in our industry, since we're not connected to the car, if we don't have telematics, then I'm hoping they come back for the next oil change. I'm hoping yeah, yeah. they remember me for the next oil change. Mm -hmm. And we do things that are crazy in the business, like, you know, you and I have been in a long time, like give them free oil change. They hope they come back. 
so we can try to, you know, continue to work through the cycle of the mileage so we can pick up the additional work, right? No secrets there. But I think telematics does a lot of things. Number one, in an industry that sometimes have low loyalty, we know that over a 10 year period, we're looking at 30 to 40% retention. How do mm. we stay connected to that customer after the 18 month period, right? Which is normally around 85% retention. And then it drops like a waterfall drastically. Yeah, you're right. The best stores in the country maintain it 70% or higher, but I'm telling you, they're, they've got, they're throwing the whole kitchen sink at it to do that. So I look at the sweet spot. So how could I, you know, what's the easiest way I believe for a dealer to start down that road if you haven't already is telematics because those leads come in, they're getting more um, real time than ever before. So most telematics come into the dealership in the very beginning of the morning. You know, what they do is um, they alert you before the customer even knows that that oil life might be that low. And today, telematics, if you look in some of the OEMs, it'll tell me if the, it'll send me a, um, an actual alert today to my, you know, system that tell me that literally you have low tire pressure this morning. You have low <laughs> battery life. Yeah. You have, you see where I'm going? Oh, yeah. It's a little creepy because now we're calling you saying, hey, you know, Corey, we noticed you have low tire pressure. We'd like to swing by and let us fix that. <laughs> right. So it can get a little creepy. And I think what's happening today is that as it gets closer to real time, most of the OEMs are notifying the customer now as well as the dealer. So the customer knows they have low oil life today or they're within a certain range. Now, that's a little dangerous. And let me tell you why, because if I'm a dealer and I haven't called you yet. And it comes on, you start making choices. Yeah. So my top of mind or my not top of mind, or are you just trying to figure out how to get that handled most conveniently quickly as possible. So I think today there's some challenges there. So I think one of the things I love about telematics is it's the awareness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I look at some of the OEMs we do business with today, I'll get that lead in the morning, uh, every morning as a dealer, it usually comes in a batch overnight, but if that oil life's lower than 10%, now the OEM sending a text to the, customer. So now I've got my iPhone, you know, I've got my iWatch on. I'm working in the middle of the day and I just got pinged and my oil life is at 10%. So now what, you know, so now I'm on the other side of this and I have to be reactive now. So I think what's really interesting about that, there's a lot of pressure for the dealers then to be on top of this instead of behind it. Yeah, you're getting the same notification at the same time and you're getting pre-notified. If it's more, if it's a 12%, I already know that. So yeah. why am I not calling you at 12% before you get the 10% reminder? On that, leads, that leads a, a couple of other questions that I just want to pause and take a moment and ask. So the manufacturer does this telematics and they give it to you free for 90 days. Are there any analytics that say, okay, after the 90 days, the customer then has to pay for it. Do they, do they really opt in to pay for it after that 90 days? In a lot of cases they do. And every OEM is different. Right. You know, some of them will give you back some points because you're on the program, right? Yeah. My wife's always excited because they signed her up when she got her oil change for a new program and she gets points back. But in order to get the points back, I know they connected the car today, right? Right. It wasn't connected yesterday. So there's lots of programs out there, I think, for the consumer. So I don't see the consumer seeing that as maybe a negative, you know? Yeah. And the, the other the other question that you pose as you were talking, it was 
brilliant. I learned a lot uh, in just those five minutes that you were talking is that is the telematics part of the information, is it more for the dealership or the manufacturer? Because it's almost like if I'm the manufacturer, I want all that data, right? But if I'm the dealer, I want that data as well because I want them to be my customer, just like you said, and be top of mind and not have choices to go five different places. Yeah, so uh, what's gonna happen next, I, you're gonna see that the screens in the cars, you know, that screen that we never had before in the middle of the dash, it's gonna tell you and pop up and it's gonna say, hey, by the way, you're at 10% oil life. Would you like to connect to your dealer right now by hitting a button on that screen to connect to set an appointment? Would you like to set an appointment right now? So I think the OEMs are trying to get brand loyalty out of this, obviously, right? And they want the data from the car too, but I think it'll help the dealer in the long run. So, you know, most of our dealers today struggle with just signing customers up. So in some cases, as a company, we provide a service for them to show them that when we set an appointment with a customer, we can put a link in there and say to that customer, if you're not part of the program, we can send you this, click on this link and get your car signed up today. So we're driving it. You should be driving it in the lane, but if you're not, that's not the only place you can drive it. You mm -hmm. know, we're short staffed today. So one of the questions I know is how does this affect staffing? Right, we're how does it affect that? Yeah. Yeah, so if you look at it, because we do millions of live interactions and live transactions, when I, when I look at the business, I get a real grip on the volume we do. I'll tell you that post COVID our call Calls have gone up by 20% per the average dealer pre-COVID. Wow. wow. So where 70% of the customers called in before they wrote an RO, it's more like 80 to 85% today. Hmm. So then you have, so if you think about it, then you're more understaffed in the stores than ever before. You know, I called a dealer today um, and the first thing I got was, hey, you may be put on hold for an extended period of time because we're busy or we're unable to get to your call right away. I'm like, what a way to start off your relationship. Now the receptionist, yeah. picked the, the receptionist picked that call up within two rings. So really, why would you set her up not to make her look good because you're experiencing higher call volumes than you can handle, fix the call volume issue. I mean, if you can't find staffing, there's other ways of doing this. Right. You know, but I still look at telematics in most of our stores today. Um, if you look at them, will they reduce or increase the call volume? I'm going to tell you they're going to reduce the inbound call volume and they're going to increase the outbound call volume. So net, net, you still need the staff to do it or you need to find <laughs> a resource to do it. And so oh, you, by the way, you know, we do texting, we do email, we do calls. There's nothing better than a live conversation. I'm just going yeah. to tell you that. I you really know, like a live conversation. So there's, there's times where I have to call any place, right? And you're absolutely right. You get, we have higher than normal call volumes. Well, I don't know what normal is. I'm, I'm the first time this is, I'm calling, right? And then I'll call other companies and within a minute or two, I'm talking to a live person. I appreciate that interaction, right? And, and, and I know some companies say, well, press two if you want us to call you back and we'll keep your place in line. That's all great. But I called because I had time to do it right then and there. Yeah. And that's really important. If you notice, that's one of the reasons Amazon doesn't have a call center. You cannot reach anybody at Amazon because they know it'd be impossible to handle that volume and do it with an experience that makes, you know, the customer feel good. But there are other companies out there like Zappos Shoes 
who are not in the shoe business, but in the Amazon type business. And they do have a live call center to handle that. So it all depends on the level of service that you expect as a customer. And, you know, what those expect are those expectations being met or not. Yeah. But, you know, the real return on investment here, why would I want to spend more money to do this? You know, I think there's some really good reasons that I think a lot of dealers and even the ones we work with, sometimes it escapes them that I see about 15 to 20% of their business now coming in telematics. Okay. Hmm. Now, first thing in the morning, that means we are, we open our doors at six o'clock. I don't know what time everybody else starts, but we start at six because we really think the early bird gets the worm, right? Right, right. But we're prepared and ready to go, not to make calls when we're slow, not in the middle of the day, but we're ready first thing in the day to start attacking those leads because they're hot. Why are they hot? Because a normal outbound call, if that was a due-for-service customer and you gave me a list and said, hey, Bob, these customers are due-for-service, can you call them? I'd say, yeah, well, you got about an 18 to 20% contact rate and then about a 25% schedule rate wow. on telematics you can go right to the bottom line you got a 30 percent closed ro rate get out of here 30 no percent no kidding the average is 25 to 30 the best stores are over 30. so you're like okay what's the average ro dollar about 300 bucks or more wow i'll take that yeah so All so what are long. what are the benefits to having telemat telematics from the customer's point of view for, I mean, I, I've, so I, I, I have ways and, and all that stuff. And it will tell me that there, I'm, you know, it's almost lunchtime. I'm near a subway or I'm near a dealership. Is that something similar to, to, to the telematics? Like it's telling me where I can go. Right. Is that. Right. Well, right now your telematics, you know, it depends on the OEM you look at. Cause you mm -hmm. know, if you look at Ford pass, it's more robust than some of the other things I've seen. Right. If you look at OnStar, it does a lot more than just send you, you know, information about the car. So you have these apps that now the, I think the loyalty factor from the OEM is what can we do with the apps to keep the stickiness of that customer coming back to the dealer instead of, you remember, it still hasn't changed a lot. Two thirds of these customers don't come back. You know, how do we change that? We got to make it stickier for them, you know? So I think that telematics from a customer perspective, nobody's ever called me. I've been in this business 30 years, 30 plus. I have not yet once had a call from a dealer to say my oil was due, change was due. <laughs> Just so you know, my dentist is beating me up over the head because I'm two months late for my appointment. Right. But the dealers never called me in 30 years and I've ran some of those stores. So it's part, I'm part of the problem. Right. And I go like, why not? Why not? You know, mm. and a lot of it is look at the stores. They're overwhelmed and undermanned. They always yeah. have been, yeah. you know, we've never had enough techs. When I hear that, I always laugh because we never had enough techs in the eighties either. Just so you know, you know, so we have these problems that are inherent in our business because of the because of the flow and the dynamics in our business. And it's hard to staff for that. And I get it. It's even harder today. So as a customer, it kind of gives me a feeling that I'm kind of a little bit more in control. And that's what apps do. You know, your bank, you love your bank because you don't even have to go there anymore. No, I don't. Yeah, you're right. I'm not sure why we have ATM machines anymore. Yet I see other companies setting up kiosks in the service lane. And I'm like, okay. That's like putting a disco ball out in the lounge, I guess. I'm not sure. And I'm not cutting on anybody. I'm just saying, 
you know, my kiosk is right here, you know, it's yeah, right. That's what home. my kiosk is. Right. Yeah. Why would I do something different? So I think it's smart for the customer to be able to connect through his app to the dealership to get some of this stuff done. But yet, if you look at scheduling of online appointments through the web, it's still in the 20 some percent range. It really is. You're right. So people want to click the call. They don't want to fill out a form. They want to know some information. I want to know when I get there on Thursday at 930 in the morning that I talk to somebody. You guys are ready for me. I kind of get a good idea how long it's going to be, what my options are. But I think it's a it's from a customer's perspective, it's more of control. They want to have that confidence level. So I think that, you know, by having the car talk to me, by having the app be able to tell me what I need to know, um, I think that it puts the customer back in control a little bit. Yeah, and it sounds like from what you're talking is that the benefit for the dealership is more revenue, but they still have to find people it's people in process, right? They have to have the right people and make the process to fit the people in order to get this done. So it keeps that customer coming back, right? That's correct. So it also shows you how it either shows you how good you are, or it can actually show how inefficient you are. Right? So if I get these leads pop up and nobody ever calls me from your store, you know, it's just one more point to say that, gee, are you guys really here to service me? You know, or, as well as some of the other institutions that I work with, right? So you, we don't compare ourselves. I never compare myself. I'm in a market that has five Ford stores that I get my Ford service at. And I got to tell you, I never compare the service against the other stores. I compare it against all the other people I deal with every day. My plumber, you know, I, I look at what what's it like to pick up groceries at Walmart, mm-hmm. you know? How easy is it to get DoorDash delivered to my house? <laughs> I mean, so you look at these other services that become part of your daily routine and you go like, why do, you know, I think that guys like Ed Roberts have nailed it because I'm like, if you came to pick up my truck, wherever it was at and service it, and I never had to come in, you own me forever. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how you break that loop. You know, how do you break that loyalty then? You have to offer the same service, but better. And I'm like that. So he set the bar so high. I feel bad for stores in his market because literally, I mean, he owns them and his numbers show it, as you know, even if, even if I didn't have a brand that his store carried, I'd still want that same service. I'd still, I'd still go to Ed, right. I'd still go to his stores and say, Hey, I got a, I I got a Acura. Please do the same thing that you did to my wife's Ford. Perfect. Yeah, I'll buy the parts. I'll put them in the truck. Just come on out to the house, you know, yeah. whatever I need to do, you know. So I think that, uh, but the, you know, and I've had um, experiences with friends of mine who own dealerships to say, Bob, why don't you just bring a Mercedes or why don't you just bring the have your wife drop off the truck? We use the same oil. Bring me a filter. We'll give her a loaner car for free. We'll send her on her way for the day. We'll detail out the truck and give it back. Well, that's ten times more than my Ford dealer will do. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I go like, why would you do that? And he's like, having your wife drive around all day in my car is not a bad thing. Right. Right. Because she goes to a lot of places that I would love to have some of those customer bases. It just expands his market. Right. Ability to get out and reach customers. So there are some stores today that are on top of their game. And I'm like, I think what telematics is going to do is raise the level of play for all the stores 
to be able to get in that game so they can compete for that customer that already knows my oil change needs to be done based on my car telling me. Yeah. And I, I think a company like who I work for, National Auto Care, can really take advantage of the telematic side of it when it comes to insuring the vehicle, right? If they don't drive very often, maybe we can customize um, a VSC that really fits their their driving habits, right? Or yeah. tire and wheel and, and glass and interior and all that stuff. And I think the insurance industry as a whole can do the same thing because they they always ask you, well, how many miles do you drive a year? And then that then they 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 do some math and figure out what your insurance premium should be, right? Yep, what your risk is. So today, you know, there are apps out there by State Farm probably and other people. I'm not sure who exactly they all are, but at the end of the day, they can tell you what your driving habits are, what your acceleration rate is, what your hard braking rate is, how many miles do you really drive, what's your average speed limit. I try to avoid those apps, just so you know. <laughs> you don't want anybody to know how fast you're going or how slow you're No, going. no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just That's think funny. some apps are better not used than others. You know, yeah. I have my favorites and those aren't my favorites. <laughs> are there any other analytics that you can share with us that will support um, why a dealer, why it's crucial for the dealership to really get ahead of this and, and own it? Because the manufacturer, you said, is, is really leading from the front. How can how can the dealership get a hold of it? Well, I think there's a couple things that are beneficial to them. Number one, most of the OEMs that we work with have some type of incentive back to the dealer. Okay. So it's always nice to get that kind of little extra boost from the OEM, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, the OEM's pushing that to the customer. So they're not just trying to market it from the dealer level. They're pushing it from the OEM level as well. So I think you can tag on to their marketing efforts, right? I think the other thing they're doing, so in some cases, they're paying the people in the drive to be able to get a, a customer signed up. So there's, you know, most of the people in the service lane, I came from sales, a little bit of service, mostly sales. Spiffs were like common every day in the sales department, not in service. So isn't it nice to get an extra 25 or 50 bucks because I enrolled you in a program for telematics. So, so I think there's some things there win-win uh, mm-hmm. all the ways around. But I think the second part is it's part of loyalty. You know, if I can get you locked in to coming to me, the cars built that trust and you guys can service it, uh, I think that you're you're going to find that's another piece of retention. 30 to 40% over the 96 months to 10 years is not where we need to be. It needs yeah. to be in the 70s, right? Yeah. And if you take a look, this is what's one component. I think the average dollar per RO being in the mid three hundreds, pretty good. The last Honda store I talked to was about nine one ninety. Wouldn't it be nice to be at three thirty, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I think the other part of this is the close rate. I mean, you know, we work really hard to drive leads to a store, and our op on efforts. I it reminds me of trying to dig a swimming hole, swimming pool in the backyard, a built-in swimming pool with a spoon. You got to make millions of calls to get such a little bit of dirt out of that, you know? And if I can see a 30% close rate by picking up the phone and calling a lead, I'm like, Hey guys, get out of my way. You know, this is good stuff. So it just says how acceptable the customer is to take that call and make that appointment and follow through and close the RO. So I think it's win all the ways around. I think the OEM's getting data and keeping brand loyalty. I think the store has an opportunity to get some incentives back, increase their store loyalty back to customer. And I really believe for the customer, 
it builds a trust between me and the dealership through the car that you can't get any other was, way. That was a great, and I think I think that really kind of meshes well with you know we're up against the time here, but you know those three takeaways from your mind on this episode, I think I think you already I think you already nailed it. I think it's it's those those things that you just talked about. It's the close ratio, the average RO, you know, and 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 using more of a, a of a shovel than a than a spoon, and, and getting more of a return on that dollar, right? Is there Absolutely. anything else? Is there anything else you'd you'd add for for some takeaways off this episode? I think that this is one part of five or six things that every dealer needs to do. So I'd love to come back and maybe give you a couple other ideas. Awesome. Well, if you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encouraging to invite their friends and family into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and other topics, or to submit a question or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email, csmith at nationalautocare.com. Bob, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I'll ask this question like I ask every guest. Will you please come back? Absolutely. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Pasha. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month.